good afternoon and happy budget day. It's 4.39 here on this April the 20th. Big provincial news today is we got the 2021 provincial budget being delivered by the NDP. That happened earlier this afternoon in the BC legislature for a little reaction. Pleased to welcome to the program now opposition house leader in Kamloops North MLA, Peter Millibar. Peter, how you doing today? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, thanks for the time. And I also got Kamloops South MLA, Liberal Jobs Critic Todd Stone here as well. Todd, what's going on? Hey, Jeff. Uh, this is pretty impressive, eh? Having all three of us at the same time? Hey, I do what I can. I try to please y'all. <laughs> um, I guess the first question I have before we get into the actual budget itself, uh, Peter, I'll get your thoughts on this. Just what was lockup like this time around? A uh, little bit different here this time this time around compared to how a, a typical lockup would work. Um, how did that go for you in Victoria today? Well, our lockup, uh, actually, we managed to uh, to negotiate to have it operate uh, the same as, as previously. So uh, there was three MLAs in the room. Our, our critic, Mike Bernier, uh, Todd Stone was there, and, and so was I. And um, and then we had five staff. So we had a fewer, fewer numbers of people in the room, but we made sure uh, we were able to find a, a large meeting room that we could all be socially distanced in and uh, wear our masks and, and uh, plow through the budget documents for about three hours uh, today. Perfect. Well, with that being said, let's get into to some of this here. Um, I, I guess first question for, I'll, I'll get to you, Todd, here, friend, and start with you on this. Um, just, you, you know, what is your overall reaction to what we're seeing here? I mean, it looks like the deficit levels have been reined in a little bit compared to what was being previously forecasted, but we're still looking at record debt here in the province of BC. Uh, how concerned are you uh, when it comes to this, especially, you know, with your role as jobs critic? I mean, deficits are not necessarily the best thing to be looking at here. Well, I wouldn't say that deficits uh, are being reined in. Uh, we're, we're going to have a deficit in this province of uh, just under $10 billion for this, uh, this, this forthcoming fiscal year. Uh, and in fact, the budget projects uh, a total of $27 billion in deficits uh, over the next three years, plus the one that we just ended. Uh, the taxpayer supported debt, uh, and you know, I hope everyone's sitting down uh, when they hear this. Uh, taxpayer supported debt will more than double. Uh, from uh, pre-pandemic uh, levels of about $44 billion to $92 billion. Uh, it's anticipated to, to, to be uh, by 2023-2024. And, and worryingly, uh, there's, there's no plan to return uh, to balance. Uh, you know, the government went so far as to say in the budget documents that it's too early to forecast a specific timeline for that. Um, fair enough. Uh, I think that, you know, the, the, the biggest picture here for me is uh, there's just there's no vision for what uh, a long-term durable economic recovery looks like with a with a strong private sector uh, jobs uh, recovery being at the forefront of that, and uh, all we see is massive amount of of debt, and um, and frankly, it's hard to really pin down where a lot of this uh, this increased spending is actually going. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I used the word reined in. That was the wrong choice of words. It's kind of cement better than projected. But uh, yeah, no, I appreciate those comments. And that that is all true. Um, I guess, uh, uh, Peter, was was there anything in here specifically for Kamloops? Well, I, you know, uh, that I, I haven't seen anything like necessarily specifics. It's still early on and trying to comb through this budget document. But was there anything in there that you see as being a real benefit for our community here? No, uh, that was the, the disconcerting part, I think, is that uh, the Promise Cancer Centre is not in the budget, um, which means there's no way they can make their four-year commitment uh, 
uh, if it did not get started this year. Uh, we don't see any school capital in there. The only school capital mentioned for Kamloops is the uh, is the Parkcrest construction, which is an insurance claim. It's not new mm-hmm. capital dollars in the traditional sense. Um, they, they mentioned foundry uh, mental health support use programs for youth being expanded in the province, but they don't mention uh, the Kamloops would be receiving one. We're the largest city without one. Um, and so, you know, there's there's a lot of gaps there, and, and uh, you know, we have concerns uh, uh, in terms of moving forward uh, what this budget and, and future budgets would actually mean for uh, the requirements of Calumps in our region. Yeah, and how disappointing is that, uh, Todd? I'll go to you on this. Just that fact that we don't see that cancer clinic in there. This is something that we've been advocating for for quite some time in the city of Kamloops, right? Since you've been MLA, as far as I know, and still here we are in 2021, and it doesn't look like we're any further ahead. Well, look, uh, both Peter and I are products of Kamloops as well. I mean, uh, we've lived in Kamloops uh, for most of our lives, so we remember, and certainly uh, anyone who's lived in Kamloops for any length of time remembers uh, the NDP's uh, uh, commitment to put a cancer clinic into Kamloops in 1991. And so when the Premier, uh, when John Horgan came to Kamloops during this recent election, and he made a specific trip to make a specific commitment around putting a cancer center in Kamloops. When he made that commitment, and he said that it would happen within a four-year time frame, uh, it is beyond uh, disappointing uh, to, to see that there's no mention of it whatsoever in the budget today. And in fact, in the detailed a blue book, they call it, which is the budget estimates document, uh, where you also look at the capital, uh, uh, the capital numbers, and there's a, it's broken out over a three-year on a three-year rolling basis. Not a single penny is allocated to this. Not even planning dollars. Uh, so it's hard not to 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 look at this and realize uh, that the people of Kamloops and the surrounding area uh, are, are are being betrayed yet again uh, by the NDP when it comes to a commitment. Uh, around putting a cancer center, a much-needed cancer center, in our in our community. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's been years upon years, and when you made a specific trip during a COVID election to come and make that promise, you would think uh, we would see it here this year, but unfortunately, not the case. Uh, Peter, you also mentioned uh, uh, talk about no no school funding in this. I mean, I was talking with the, the local school board chair here earlier on in the program, and we're talking about reopening old schools in order to be able to actually serve the community, uh, and there is a, a massive right um, um, concern about the infrastructure that we currently have. It's old. Uh, we don't have enough spaces to keep up with the growing demand for for uh, you know classroom space in Kamloops over the next decade. If we don't start working on this plan soon, we're going to find ourselves in a in a real difficult position when it comes to our school system in Kamloops Thompson. Not too soon from now. Um, just what what has to be done how worried are you about the lack of space the lack of funding that is being committed and where we might find ourselves here and by the time this ndp term is up well what we've seen over the last four years uh, in particular is that our enrollment growth has has been skyrocketing in count so on pace uh, per capita with a surrey and um and we haven't seen the investments coming back and and within the district, what we've seen is a stabilization of the rural uh, school populations, but the spike is actually happening within the Camel's boundaries, and so that's creating added pressure on those more urbanized uh, school settings uh, within Camel's. And that's why we're saying, like, it, this has been a, a problem that's been building over the last four years. Um, we can't just simply replace a burned-down school uh, that needs to be replaced because it was burned down and, and call it a day. Um, and so we need to see significant investments, but, you know, Four years ago, the Premier promised that there would be no more school uh, portables in Surrey. 
uh, as an election promise in four years. Well, four years has come and gone, and Surrey has a record number of portables. And so um, you think of, um, you know, the political uh, wins that they need to have in Surrey, and they can't even fill that promise down in Surrey. Um, you know, we're going to keep doing what we can to highlight uh, the importance of needing school capital in Kamloops, uh, given what we've seen over the last four years of enrollments uh, spiking. Question for both of you, so I'll get you to answer it separately, but uh, I wanted to see one thing that you are most disappointed to not be included, or maybe something that is included that you're disappointed to see within there. The one thing that I'm, you know, a little upset to see is there doesn't really seem to be a concrete plan to tackle housing affordability in this province, something that we see getting worse and worse on on a monthly basis here in Kamloops and right across this province, actually. Um, It's becoming more and more difficult for people to get into the market or to get a, a larger home when they expand their families. That's one thing I was really hoping to see addressed in this. Peter, what is one thing within there that really irks you that maybe it's in there or maybe it's not that you wanted to see? I, I would say probably on, on the mental health and addiction side, uh, you know, the the buildup for this budget was one that was going to knock everyone's socks off. Uh, you know, over the last five years, um, we have seen a, a dramatic increase in non-fatal overdoses. We've seen a dramatic and almost a doubling of fatal overdoses. Um, you know, the, the numbers of treatment beds uh, that we need over this last four years with the way things have been going in society uh, need to be increased dramatically. And, and see 195 beds uh, over three years committed to the whole province uh, is a step in the right direction, uh, but it's a very small step, and uh, I don't think it met the expectation level whatsoever that people were uh, were expecting uh, with the preamble coming out of the, the minister and the premier. And, and Todd, same question. One thing you were either upset to, to see or not see within there? Well, first off, I think you were bang on uh, in your analysis on the, the housing affordability front. Uh, I mean, uh, starts uh, housing starts are projected to decline. Uh, supply is projected to decline. Prices are, are uh, housing prices are, are projected to increase and frankly increase dramatically in certain areas of the province. Uh, rents are going up. There's no renters rebate. You know, the NDP used to feast absolutely feast on housing affordability uh, when we were uh, the the former government uh, and they promised it was their signature commitment in the 2017 election that they were going to um, make housing affordability uh, the most uh, central focus of their agenda and they have absolutely failed on it and in fact uh, the property transfer tax um, has proven to be a windfall for the NDP. They've actually uh, brought in $500 million more in the last fiscal year uh, from property transfer tax than they had originally projected. Why? Because prices uh, are going up uh, and, and are increasingly out of, uh, they're putting, putting uh, housing out of the reach of uh, British Columbians. Um, I, I do want to say, though, that for me, um, in addition to the pieces we've already talked about, um, I, I also just, you know, I have to say for small business people out there and everyone who works for them, um, uh, this budget is such a, a disappointment. There's no new money uh, for uh, supports for uh, small business. And in fact, there's a, uh, a glaring ad- admission, um, a moment of candor, if, you, if, if I can say it that way, uh, where the government actually admits in the budget documents that their, their, their business recovery grant, which uh, Jeff, you and I have talked about a lot, has been such a failure that they're going to push it, push it out again by another year. Um, they're not adding any more money to it, but they're going to push it out another year. They just can't seem to get the money out the door. And yet we all know of countless businesses that are, again, barely hanging on, hanging on uh, and could really use uh, that support. So 
I think for me, uh, the lack of, uh, of the supports here and now for small business and, and, and the thousands of people who work for them, um, coupled with the lack of a, of a vision for where do we, where are we going to go as a province uh, in terms of our economy? Um, how do we get the private sector revenue on all engines? Uh, the government's created 60,000 additional public sector jobs over the last year, 60,000, uh, and we're down 45,000 private sector jobs. That is not sustainable. Uh, and uh, we're going to be on the government uh, day by day uh, uh, fighting the good fight on that. Yeah, well, well, we'll definitely have to save that topic and, and we'll follow up and have a deeper conversation on that because, yeah, that is something I, I would like to get into in a little bit more detail. Uh, but just to focus on the budget here, and I'll, I'll wrap things up with uh, one final question for the both of you, and we'll do it kind of the opposite way of the last one. Uh, you know, we're talking about a big budget here, so there's got to be something in here that's positive. So I want to end on a bit of a lighter note. What do you look in here and say that is a win for the opposition? That's a win for the BC Liberals and the people of BC in general. Todd, I'll start with you. Uh, you know, one thing I really liked in here was the uh, kids under the age of 12 getting uh, free transit starting this fall. I, I think that's a pretty good thing, good initiative that the province is looking to undertake here. Uh, what do you see that you look at and say that is a, a thing I'm glad to see within this document? Well, again, not to not to be overly political. I mean, it's it's tough. Uh, there there are some additional dollars uh, for um, for engagement um, and consultation work with First Nations. Pete uh, is the critic for that, so he can speak in, in a lot more detail than I can. I, I think that's something that we can all get behind. And you know, uh, while. Uh, the government, I think, is completely missing the mark on their on the investment needed for mental health, addiction, and recovery. As Pete said, a hundred and and uh, ninety five beds, new treatment beds across the entire province over a three year period is barely a drop in the bucket. Uh, but I will say, at least it's a step in the right direction. At least it's a it's a start. Uh, but but we need a heck of a lot more uh, in that area moving forward as well. Peter, same, same to you. Is there anything that you can look to as a positive within this budget here today? Yeah, I think Todd touched on it. And, and with Thunder being uh, passed unanimously by the legislature, we, I was keeping an eye out to, as the critic for Indigenous Relations and Reconciliation. What type of, of funds would be available that didn't exist previously to, to properly and meaningfully engage uh, with Indigenous leaders and nations around the province? And, and it's nice to see that that was actually in the budget so that um, as those discussions and as those consultations need to unfold, there's actually a properly sourced uh, uh, fund of money to be able to tap into to make them happen in a timely fashion and, and in a proper way and in a respectful way. So um, I think that's a good step in the right direction. And, and um, you know, we'll see now the devil will be in the detail in terms of how it actually gets implemented and, and uh, dispersed out uh, for the various uh, consultations and discussions needed around the province. Uh, well, thank you guys so much for taking the time. Really appreciate having you both on the program at the same time and, uh, you know, being flexible to be able to do this. We'll continue to dig through this document with a fine-tooth comb, and I'm sure we'll have lots of follow-up conversations to be had here in the not-too-distant future. But uh, thanks for doing this here today. Todd, Peter, really appreciate the time. Okay, thank you. Thanks, Jeff.
Awesome stuff. That is Kamloops North and Kamloops South MLAs, Peter Millibar and Todd Stone. Of course, Peter is the opposition House leader, and uh, Todd Stone, the liberal critic for jobs, economic recovery, and innovation as well. So my thanks to both of them for taking the time to come on. A really good conversation, a lot to go through there, and uh, we'll definitely be taking some time to, to break those down a little bit further, maybe once I'm off the air and be able to write a story for the Newsrun or something dealing with uh, some of those comments, but uh, some positives. Some negatives, mostly negatives. Not a surprise, given that I'm talking to the opposition, but uh, that's why I wanted to try and end things off on a little bit of a more positive note.